Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. My name's Colin Waitsman, going to be your host for this second episode of Track World News, and really looking forward to this one. Thanks a lot for, for tuning in. Today, we're going to be breaking down a few things. Uh, one, uh, World Record Day. Uh, this past weekend, we saw some crazy world records go down, what that means for the sport, going to break down Minnesota track and field uh, and the vote that they just recently had on the future of the program as well as some other collegiate uh, news. Uh, We're going to have a dedicated episode to it but we'll break down a few things uh, right now as well as the Mount Rushmore track and field. Who are the four most iconic names in our sport? Well let's find out. Uh, First we're going to go to the world record day. Uh, just recently in, what was it, Venia? Uh, might, might, might have said that wrong, but yeah, Venia. Um, G'day, uh, Lesbeth G'day of Ethiopia. She set a new world record in the women's 5K at 14 minutes, 6.62 seconds. Broke the world record by nearly four seconds, and really, honestly, it was a pretty surprising win. Uh, not a lot of people saw her as one of the top distance runners in the world right now. Uh, I mean, there's a debate that she might not even be a top three runner. And so to see her put on such a fantastic performance uh, was really was really cool. Um, she's not really known to have a, a great kick. She's really known as just having, you know, being a, a dedicated, gritty runner that is pretty solid throughout and doesn't have one real um, part of her game that is extraordinarily great from the rest um but that also means that you're well-rounded and you don't have a lot of things that are detriments for you so she's also pretty young she's what 22 years old right now so having this this time this world record at such early part of her career when it wasn't really expected uh is pretty huge so let's see what that means for her going into the 2021 olympics is she the favorite probably not but obviously this gives you a big edge. Uh, I mean, before this world record, she might not have been, but is she there now? Because now, obviously, she has the top time. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's still a lot of race and a lot of time and a lot of, you know, a lot of things that can happen in between now and the 2021 Olympics. So we're, we're going to have to see what, what happens there. But very surprising world record to see go down. So great for her. Um, li- looking forward to seeing what her career is going to look like because she's so young and she's doing that. So it's some really great stuff. Next, uh, whew, this guy is, is doing well. Joshua Cheptigi, uh, 24 years old. Uh, he just shattered the 10,000-meter world record, beat it by over six seconds. Uh, he ran a time of 26 minutes, 11.02 seconds. He's just dominating this year. Um, the name might sound familiar because just 50 days ago, it hasn't even been two months, he broke the 5,000-meter world record as well. So he's just capturing world records left and right. Uh, Obviously, he's going to be the favorite uh, going into the Olympics next year for both the 5K and the 10K distance. Uh, Dude's an animal, and he's only 24. Uh, He's got a lot of Olympics, a lot of running uh, ahead of him, and he's got one of the the most impressive kicks and the margin of victory, which he has had for both the 5,000 and the 10,000 are extremely impressive. So to see how he's going to continue on throughout this year 
We'll see how many races he does, as well as what his race is going to look like for the upcoming 2021 season as he prepares for the Olympics. Should be interesting. So definitely a guy to keep your eye on, uh, see how he continues to do, because he's putting up numbers recently, and it's very, very impressive, um, especially in such a weird year that 2020 is. To have somebody just dominating uh, an event is, is refreshing. So it's cool to see uh, how he does and how he goes on moving forward. Uh, next, got some got some uh, upsetting news, man, for anyone in the track and field family. Um, for those that don't know, um, what was it, September 16th, uh, Minnesota had a decision where they came out. Oh, no, December 10th, sorry, December 10th. Uh, they had the decision that they were going to be cutting three uh, programs on, on the men's side. They were going to be cutting men's track and field men's gymnastics, as well as men's tennis. That's uh, heartbreaking. Uh, as a former student athlete just graduated in 2019, uh, I know how upset I would be if I were hearing that this is my last season to compete and we don't even know what it's going to look like. Like that would be, that'd be very upsetting. Um, so this, that was announced on the 10th and they originally said that they're going to be losing $75 million dollars because of football being canceled. We all know that they've actually just postponed it because six days later they said they're going to be having the football season um, starting up. I don't know if they've competed yet. Haven't been, haven't been keeping my eye on Minnesota football. But, yeah, they, they said on September 16th that they were just going to be postponing the season and, and coming back uh, later on in the fall. Uh, that still means that there's going to be losing a whole lot of money in tickets uh i'm sure their tv deals will remain similar if not go up because people aren't buying tickets but not having fans in the stands or having a limited amount of fans in the stands i mean that's that's gonna that's gonna do a number to your program uh they said originally 75 million dollars projected that's if they didn't have the sport at all in the fall obviously they have it now but it's still gonna be a lot of numbers that or a lot of dollars that they're not gonna have uh so just this past weekend what was it this on the 10th of October, they had uh, a vote with the official council people, members, higher-ups of Minnesota uh, to say, hey, what are we going to do with, with, these, with these programs? Who, what's, what's it going to be? And they voted in five, seven to five favor that they will be eliminating men's track, men's gymnastics, men's tennis, uh, concluding the 2020-2021 uh, academic year. And that's upsetting. Uh, Minnesota Track and Field has had a lot of decorated uh, runners, uh, Olympians, uh, national record. Not na I don't think they had national records, but a logic, a lot of, a, a lot of great talent. They, they've had some great talent, and it's a premier. It's a premier school. It's one of the. It's one of the schools that people know their names of. There's not a ton of those, and to see a program that 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 major going down, uh, it shows that. There's a lot of vulnerability out there, um, so it, that that's upsetting. Uh, they said that they're projected to save 1.6 million dollars uh, of the university um, in within academic or athletic budgets by cutting the sports. Uh, 1.6 million out of the 75 million that they're projected to lose. So um, obviously, 1.6 million is a lot of money, but you know, is is it worth the hundreds of athletes that are no longer going to be able to compete there and how much money are you losing now because those students might transfer 
So you're saving money because you're not having to pay on travel, food, hosting meets, you know, actually going to meets because, you know, actually you have to apply and cost money to just be an entrance fee. But how much money are you going to lose by all of those students now deciding, hey, I'm no longer going to go to the school. I'm going to go to uh, another university and take my talents there. So that's something that I don't know if they took into account. Because, I mean, those are going to be a lot of students that, hey, if you're cutting my program, I'm no longer going to come here. Uh, same with maybe some athletes that were originally planning on coming here for next season. So athletes that might have committed for track and field or might have committed for gymnastics or tennis or, or um, gym, yeah, gymnastics, tennis or track. So it's all the, the athletes that have committed for those sports aren't going to be coming here anymore. And so that's revenue you counted on and will no longer have. So. Is that $1.6 million worth? I don't know, but it's definitely a lot of money that they're not going to have, so they're definitely going to have to look into that. Uh, another thing, um, they have had 25,000 people sign a change.org petition trying to get track and field to stay within the program. I'm going to put that in the description, so if you're looking forward to signing the, the change.org petition or, or learning more about What's going on with Minnesota track? You can feel free to, to use that there. Uh, on another note, just today, um, I guess yesterday, when you're listening to this, found out that my former conference, the Northeast Conference, is going to be canceling the conference championships for indoor track and field. Um, that's That hurts because it, it strikes right at home. A lot of my friends are still on that team. And to know that they're not going to be able to compete in the sport that they've been training for for months, years, uh, it, it hurts because they're, like I said, a lot of those are, are my close friends. And so it's interesting to see what's going to happen. They said that they're going to try to still compete in it towards the spring. Uh, they're going to have in the spring semester. I don't know how it's going to work. Are you going to say you're going to be doing outdoor track and then come back in and do the 60 meters or, or weight throw or whatever it is? I don't know how that's going to work, man. That sounds that sounds like it's a lot of a lot of effort. So we'll have to see. We will probably next episode. Actually, yeah, we will do it next episode. Next episode, we're going to talk about the future of college college track and field. We've had a lot a lot of, of change happen in the past couple days, months, weeks, years. So we're going to talk about what the future is. So just a little blurb today uh, with the news, but we will be talking about it more in depth next week. Now, uh, to get into my favorite topic, some good news, uh, we're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of track and field. So what does that mean? Uh, for the, the athletes to be considered on the Mount Rushmore of track and field, uh, they have to be the most impactful uh, athletes, I think, within our sport. So are all four of these athletes the the four fastest? They all are current world record holders, and they currently are the best in the top of the field? For the most part, yes. But it's not like saying, hey, if you're not currently a world record holder, this person is a world record holder, so why aren't they on there? This person is that. Why aren't they on there? Well, I mean, there's so many other things that go into it, and we'll talk about that. It's your cultural impact. It's your athletic impact, and it's um, what what you've done to push the sport forward. Uh, what can you do? How how much how many people know your name? We say your name. Do people know who you are? What your story is? Things of that nature. So uh, first, we're going to go into some honorable mentions. So these are some people that had a tough time keeping off the list. 
Uh, but there's only four, so uh, it, it's hard. I mean, you're going to leave a lot of names off off the list in this. So number one was Michael Johnson. He was the 200 and 400 meter world record holder or former world record holder. Uh, he has 16 gold medals in the Olympics, uh, world championships, and the Goodwill Games. So he's had a lot of decorated medals, a great United States runner. He was known as one of the most fastest all-around runners in the world because uh, he had a he had he had a sub ten, uh, s- sub ten I think sub twenty and sub what was it forty five I can't I don't quote me on these splits but he had one of the fastest splits within a four hundred meter um, up until Wade Van Niekerd obviously broke his world record by quite some quite a bit in twenty sixteen in the Olympics from lane eight which we'll talk about at some point too. So, uh, yeah, he was known as one of the world's fastest runners. Um, the most iconic part about him, obviously, are those gold spikes. Uh, those were those were pretty crazy. Um, and actually running in the world's fastest race, which he pulled up in which with an injury, which was tough. But he, he's someone I had a tough time uh, not putting him on. But uh, you'll see why with, with some of these other athletes that we have. Uh, next, I have Steve Prefontaine. Uh, this is a person that I actually originally had on the list, but after thinking about it for some time, realized that he probably didn't quite deserve to be on that upper echelon, but rather an honorable mention. Uh, he is an American record holder in everything from the 2K to the 10K, or at least he set American records. Uh, many of them are, have since been surpassed. Uh, biggest thing that he's done is, is the cultural impact that he's had. Um, he's inspired, he inspired the running boom of the seventies. He, he's the reason or partially of the reason that Oregon track and field that so many people started getting into running back in the seventies and, and really doing that and and fitness as as a whole has really, uh, blown up because of that with marathons, half marathons, five Ks, 10 Ks, all that stuff. Uh, he played a huge part in because he was the American distance runner during that time. And being at Oregon and all that was, was huge. So he, he has a big cultural impact. Uh, he's inspired uh, the Prefontaine Classic, which has been going on since his death in 1975. It's an annual event in, held in Oregon. And the biggest thing <laughs> that, I, that I put here is that he inspired the, the current distance runner look. Uh, I'm sure that you guys have seen it. It is the, the long hair, the, the handlebar mustache, the mullet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he inspired that look. Um, every, every distance team, every cross-country team, if you go anywhere in America, uh, you'll see a few people like that, a few guys like that. And that's, that's iconic. Like People are decided that they're going to dre- wear their hair or dress the way that you dress because of how you ran on the track. Uh, that's huge. Uh, so he had he's had a, a big cultural impact that lives on today, uh, many 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 years after his death. And so yeah, he is the second and the last honorable mention that I have. Now uh, for these four athletes that I say are on the Mount Rushmore of track and field, we will start with the the two obvious ones because there are two clear ones that I'm sure all of you know are going to be on the list, and then get into kind of the ones that you might not might not think of. So number one has to be Jesse Owens. He's got to be on the Mount Rushmore track and field. Won four Olympic golds in 1936 in the 100, 200, 4x1, and long jump. That is insane. Only one other person, I believe, yeah, only one other person has ever done that. Uh, he has the Jesse Owens Award, which is awarded to the best track and field athlete of the year. 
the Jesse Owens Classic, which is an Ohio State meet and uh, annual meet, much like the, the Prefontaine Classic, as well as he was ranked number sixth greatest North American athlete in the 20th century by ESPN and the number one within track and field. Uh, the main, I mean, one huge thing that he's got to be on the Mount Rushmore track and field is like, he did all of this um, pretty much breaking breaking the color barrier, and he he ran in Berlin in front of, well, he wasn't there, he left because uh, Hitler snubbed him, but he did all of this in front of the, the Aryan race when they were supposed to be, hey, these people, these uh, blonde hair, blue-eyed, uh, the Aryan race by Adolf Hitler, these are the super athletes, these are going to be the number one people in all these athletic things, they're the smartest, they're the most athletic, they're blah, blah, blah. And Jesse Owens, this, this uh, you know, scrawny-looking uh, black guy from the United States, comes in and just wipes the floor, just mops everyone up, and is like, yeah, what you're saying is true? Nope, not even a little bit. And he won in f- during one of the most crucial times in America, uh, crucial times in the world. It was a w- obviously crazy, crazy time. I couldn't imagine what, what was being said to him while he was on the track by, by people in the stands, but he his impact has lasted forever. Um, everyone knows the name of, of Jesse Owens. He's huge. Uh, next one, easy one, Usain Bolt, fastest man ever, 100, 200, and the 4x1 world record holder, undefeated in the Olympics, 11-time world champion. I mean, there's not much else to say. He's the biggest, he's the second biggest name. I mean, if you say name someone that runs track, Usain Bolt, name another person, Jesse Owens. They're the two people that everyone's going to think of. I mean, ev- everyone knows those names. And the fact that this is going to be the first Olympics without Usain Bolt since 2004, it's going to be a weird feeling, man. Uh, we'll have to see who ends up taking the world or who ends up taking the Olympic championship. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. Will it be Gatlin? Will he go back from winning in 2004, some pre and post Usain Bolt? Who knows? It'll be interesting. Uh, next, uh, these are the next two that little more difficult to think of. Many of you probably know at least one of them, uh, probably two, but first we're going to, or third, we're going to go with Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis is one of the most decorated, uh, American Olympians ever. He has the longest streak in track and field, the longest winning streak in track and field, where he won 65 straight competitions over a 10-year period. This man didn't lose in the long jump in 10 years. 10 years. That's insane. That's more, that's longer than most athletes' entire careers. If you are, if you compete through the collegiate level, so you do four years of tra- high school track, four years of college track, you do two years of middle school track. Imagine if you just never lost. That's how long Carl Lewis went without losing a, a competition. I, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. He's also the uh, other athlete that held, that went into the Olympics and won the 100, 200 long jump and four by one. Uh, he did that in the 1984 Olympics. little controversy because he didn't use all of his jumps in the long jump so he could uh, so he could stay and keep a lot of his energy for later heats of the 200 and later heats of the 4x1. People were mad, but that was because he was so good. People wanted to see Carl Lewis run or see him jump, but, I mean, he did it for his body. It's a, a common tactic that a lot of athletes will do nowadays in meets where it's just like, hey, there's no reason for me to jump. I got this in the bag. 
uh, and and that was a, a tactic that he used. Um, yeah, he held the world record in the hundred, four by one, four by two, and long indoor long jump at some point. Uh, if we're looking at any potential blemishes on his career, it's that there were people might have thought that he used performance enhancing drugs. I mean, it was never actually seen, and he vehemently he denies it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and say a word I don't know. Uh, he denies it, and there was no proof of it. And so, I mean, people will say, "Oh, he did it. He did it. He did it." But there's no proof over the, over all of his all of his years in, in his career. So, I mean, he has to be uh, on the Mount Rushmore track and field, the most dominant, um, the longest uh, win streak within track and field has to be him. He's he's insane. Current coach of Houston. He went back to his old his old roots. Next. Uh, the last person on the Mount Rushmore of track and field uh, have to give it to Flojo, Florence Griffin Joyner. She's the fastest woman of all time, and she has some of the possibly most unbreakable records as well. Uh, she's ran, has a world record in the 100 meters at 10.49 and the 200 meters at 21.34. They're just untouchable. There's not a lot of runners. Really, there's no runners uh, currently that are coming anywhere close to the times that she put up. She is insanely talented. She was insanely talented. Five-time Olympic, five Olympic medals, three of them are gold, and a one-time uh, world champion. She had a huge cultural impact as well. Uh, her, she brought a lot of fashion to track and field and pizzazz and, and personality and all that stuff that, that we see nowadays, especially in other sports. She had the iconic one-leg suit, which you, you see a lot of different athletes in other sports using nowadays. Uh, and obviously, I think it was 2018, 2017, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, uh, they dressed up as, uh, well, Beyonce dressed up as Flojo for Halloween, which was pretty cool to see her get that recognition. So, yeah, she's she's an iconic. She's definitely one of the, the biggest names, especially in women's track and field, and being the fastest woman of all time is definitely going to play a huge part. Similar blemish as Carl Lewis. People were not sure if, he, if she had any performance enhancers throughout her career. Obviously, when you break... A world record or you set a world record at such an incredible distance from everyone else in the competition people are going to wonder did you do this legit and it's a it's a fair enough question to have but there was no evidence that she did and unfortunately I mean she passed away um, in her sleep um, and I mean there were there were no drugs in her system at the time but it's uh it's it's tough it's tough to see you know such a you know you never want to see anyone uh, you know, dying young because of that, and it, it just it was heartbreaking. But yes, those are going to be my four athletes that are on the Mount Rushmore track and field. To recap, it was Jesse Owens, Usain Bolt, Carl Lewis, and Flojo, uh, four most iconic and influential athletes in our sport. What do you think? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Who did I overhype? Who did I leave out? Uh, let me know and. Um, yeah, make sure that you follow the the episode, follow the show. Uh, all of your support really helps a lot. I hope that you're enjoying this. Uh, and if you want some more content, follow us on Instagram at Track World News. And um, have a good one and peace.